had about a week and a half or two, which can be dangerous because you get so much stuff. But um, I'm locked and loaded. And as I've said before, I'm going to take my full allotment of time. You say, how much time? Whenever I finish. Amen. So turn off your clocks. Matthew 13. Uh, I, I do want to say that uh, a lot of the information in the initial parts of the sermon did come from a book and other sources. Uh, I have a very personal, passionate conviction about what I'm going to preach tonight. This is not just because a book said it. Something that I've been mulling over for some years now. It's only grown more, especially being here in this congregation. So I want you to open your hearts. Matthew 13. In 1970, it was uh, Star Trek was the big show, a very popular series, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock traveling at warp speeds, heading to exotic planets, and then there was the cool tech phone. It was a flip phone of sorts, and Captain Kirk would say, beam me up, Scotty. And as kids, we thought the idea of a flip phone that you could have with you Anywhere you went was so cool. Well, reality soon caught up with the science fiction world of Star Trek. And as they say, be careful what you wish for, because reality is here and it is carrying with it a very high price. As one author put it, the psyche and the soul of an entire generation is now at risk as we unwittingly thrown an entire generation under the virtual bus. You know, so many today are falling into the digital plague that is upon our world. And while adults are just as prone to digital addiction, children with still developing brains are not equipped to handle the levels of stimulation that this is bringing to them. Now, this sermon serves as somewhat of a clarion call in a technological age. That the studies are now in, and they are very sobering. That if we as Christians and as parents ignore this tonight, then the consequences are at our feet, and we will not be blameless. Roald Dahl said, in almost every house we have been. We watch them at the screen. They sit and stare and stare and sit until they're hypnotized by it. But did you ever stop and think? What does this do to your beloved tot? It rots the senses in the head. It kills imagination dead. It makes a child so dull and blind he cannot think. He only sees. And one of the first articles I ran across has to do with uh, two experienced sailors, Barbara McVeigh and her husband. They exposed their children to the natural beauty near their home in Marine County, California, boating, camping, adventuring in the outdoors. But none of this stopped her nine-year-old son from falling down the digital rabbit hole. His first exposure to screens occurred in the first grade at a highly regarded public school named one of the California's distinguished schools when he was encouraged to play edgy games after class. His contact with screens only increased during play dates where the majority of his friends played violent games on huge monitors in their suburban homes. 
The results for Barbara's son were horrific. Her sweet boy, who had a big spirit, loved animals, now only wanted to play inside on a device. He would refuse to do anything unless I would let him play his game, she said. Barbara, who had discarded, these are not Christians, had discarded her TV 25 years ago, made the mistake of using the game as a bargaining tool. Her son became increasingly explosive if she didn't give in. And then he got physical. It started with a push here and a punch there. Frightened, she tried to take the device away. And when it happened, he beat the blank out of me, she told me, a nine-year-old kid. When she tried to take away his computer, he attacked her with a dazed look on his face. His eyes were not his. She called the police, shocked. They asked if the nine-year-old was on drugs. He was, only they weren't pharmaceutical. They were digital. Now, everything that I say in this sermon is substantiated with facts. Hard facts, but I cannot reveal all the facts because time doesn't allow me. So I'm going to refer you to a book that if you have any sense in your head at all, you will read. As a Christian, as a parent, we have 20 of these available, first come, first serve, tonight already in the book room. They're $10. They normally go for $18. It's called Glow Kids, How Screen Addiction is Hijacking Our Kids. You have to read this. Now, I had to stop reading it because I was getting too much information, but I'll finish it. It is mind-boggling. I, I'm only going to give you a taste. You have to finish the sermon by reading this book. And it's not a spiritual book. So I put the spiritual part of this sermon into it. So let's begin. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given And he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people has grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. For blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, hear what you hear and did not hear it. So I want to preach on the topic of digital addiction tonight. And I want to first talk about the current dilemma. The sobering stats and studies are in on a generation of kids raised on screens. And it's not pretty. And I will say that this sermon is not just for kids. We have a new term today. It's called nomophobia. It is the fear of being without your cell phone. It was introduced as experts began to identify smartphone addiction and As a matter of fact, they now offer us five new 
small list to identify the problems, nomophobia being the fear of being without the phone, FOMO or F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out, P-I-U, problematic internet use, I-G-D, internet gambling disorder, and I-A-D, internet addiction order, and this is the way that the professionals now are listing them. Now, the studies for kids and adults, although this mostly is addressing kids, are dealt with compulsive behavior on devices, on internet, on video games, uh, playing smartphone apps, and more. And it addresses the obsession today with devices. One news article headline says, Digital addiction is the world's next greatest health crisis. Another news article, Extreme Digital Addiction is Destroying Kids' Lives Around the Globe. So if we choose to deny the problem we're facing, we're very foolish tonight. This wave of studies is saying that the growing problem is not just causing mood swings and sleep problems, which it is, but they are making the case and now have made the case uh, that what is happening because of screen addiction is dangerous neurological and psychological problems that are taking place in kids. Now, the addiction therapists, and there are many now, and the one that wrote the book was dumbfounded. He thought he had seen everything under the sun in addiction till the day he saw his first video game addict at 16 years old blew his mind. And the addiction therapists are very busy today with the latest craze that they're calling digital addiction. And what we're seeing on a large level due to devices in kids' hands begins with an 800% increase in ADHD, attention deficit disorder. Sleeping disorders. There's an acceleration of depression in kids. Also, major increases in autism and schizophrenia. We thought TV was bad, and it was, and it is. But this digital drug of today is making TV look like marijuana. There are a couple of interesting things that I found before I move on. One is an article how 10 particular celebrities won't let their kids watch their work of TV and movies, won't let their own kids watch them. One of those was Julia Roberts who said they're just too young. I wish everybody had that understanding. And we also found that Steve Jobs, the creator of the iPad, the iPhone, and the iPod, didn't let his kids use them. Isn't that interesting? Jobs responded, they haven't used it. We limit how much technology our kids use at home, the creator of these things. But he didn't have any problem dishing them out to you and I. But they go on, especially in Silicon Valley. There's actually a trend of tech uh, executives and engineers who shield their kids from technology. They even send their kids to non-tech schools. Because, by the way, all the technology that's in the schools, it's ruining your kids. But you're going to have to study that one for yourself. I don't have time. The non-tech schools like the Waldorf School and Los Altos where computers aren't found anywhere because the only focus is hands-on learning. There's a quote that was highlighted in the Times by Chris Anderson, CEO of 3D Robotics and the father of five. 
He explains what drives those who work in tech to keep it away from their kids. My kids accuse me and my wife of being fascist and overly concerned about tech. They say that none of their friends have the same rules. That's because we've seen the dangers of technology firsthand because they're the ones creating it. I've seen it in myself. I don't want to see it happen to my kids. In our current addictions to our iPhones and other tech, uh, other tech is any indication we may be setting up our children for incomplete, handicapped lives, devoid of imagination, creativity, and wonder when we hook them onto technology in an early age. We were the last generation to play outside precisely because we didn't have smartphones and laptops. We learned from movement, hands-on interaction, and we absorbed information through books and socialization with other humans as opposed to Google search. That's sobering. So let's dig into the facts tonight. The facts and the reality of what is now known, now that an entire generation has been raised on digital devices and an Internet, the, the, the studies have come in. Now, the experts today, which are non-saved experts, have called this new drug by a few different labels. They've called it digital morphine, virtual drug, and electronic heroin. They showed a brain image. They scanned the brain of a drug addict, and they scanned the brain of a young kid hooked on video games, and they saw no difference. The average person, they tell us, checks their phone at least 200 times a day. That's sobering. And what has become out of the digital device-driven age is lives that are driven by compulsive behavior, which is the opposite of what Christianity is. China has identified IAD, Internet Addiction Disorder, as its number one health crisis going on today. Number one. They estimate more than 20 million internet and video game addicted teenagers. South Korea has opened over 400 tech addiction rehab facilities. All the while in America, we're steadily assuring that our infant and kindergartners are able to access devices at will. Why don't you hear this outrage? You see it starting, but you're not liking those because it's just as bad here because the industry is so prolific when it comes to making money off of you and I. What's been discovered among many things is the more you stimulate a child, the more you must keep stimulating them to hold their attention. And I don't know if you understand fully what that means. You'll never get them free without some radical action. You'll never tame that aggressive behavior. The only way you do it is you throw another device at them to keep them calm. And if you don't stop the cycle, you're going to ruin them. The issue that we're dealing with that causes these addictions are dopamine and myelin. Dopamine is that feel-good reward chemical released by your body. They did a study on, on, on uh, video games, and they said video games raised the dopamine level 100 times the normal, which is the same level that sex produces. 
The only problem is that was based on the 1998 2D type video games. Not today's stuff. The same thing happens. They determine this rush of dopamine that when you're just there, just looking through, and you realize you're raising your dopamine level, and it happens just by checking text, emails, compulsively searching, thus the ability to become addicted, because that's where the addiction comes from. So the compulsive Internet behavior and the obsessive activity of constantly checking social media and YouTube and and the such is releasing excessive amounts of dopamine and creating digital addictions. Now, I hope and I pray that you're going to realize, and I had to realize some things about myself too, mind you, doing this sermon. There's some addictions going on here. Then there's the myelin problem. The role of myelin has to do the processing speed of the brain. Without myelin, our brains would be like the old dial-up internet. And so they've determined that the problem with the glowing and flashing screens of devices, so, so you've got to understand this, it, content matters, absolutely it does. But just the stimulation that a screen does to a kid, you have to understand this, has great effect on them. And then you add the content. That's what they're discovering here. So the problem with the glowing and flashing screens of devices and TV is what they're calling overstimulation during the formative years of a child, which is not, myelin is not fully developed in your brain till well into your 20s. And the effect, they said, is the inability to pay attention, to focus or feel empathy, and their ability to discern reality is adversely Affected. So let's talk a moment at the golden calf of our generation, the video games. Because they are highly, highly addicted. And did you know it was on purpose? I'm going to tell you right now. This addictive adrenal arousal is no accident. The video game business is a sophisticated, multi-billion dollar industry devoted entirely to creating addictive products aimed at defenseless kids and young people, like shooting a fish in a barrel. How innocent is that, right? But according to Dr. Doan, the entire focus in research and development departments of gaming industries to make games as stimulating and arousing to children as possible, because that's what amplifies the addictive effect and sells the most games. Gaming companies will hire the best neurobiologists and neuroscientists to hook up electrodes to to test the gamer. If they don't elicit the blood pressure that they shoot for, typically 180 over 120 or 140, within a few minutes of playing, if they don't show sweating and an increase in their galvanic skin responses, they go back, tweak the game to get that maximum addicting and arousing response that they're looking for. And when I read that, I really got ticked off. And that ought to tick you off. And that ought to sober you up. 
and make you stop buying their games and stop feeding them to your kids and stop playing them as adults because they purposely make them addictive uh, so that you can't get free. It's ruining an entire generation. I'll get to more of that in a moment. They did a study. The study took the brains of 114 video game playing boys and 126 video playing girls. Researchers found that video game playing directly or indirectly disrupts the development of preferable neural systems related to the development of verbal intelligence. Our brains are simply not designed for the visual hyperstimulation which recently developed digital technology that now bombards us. Brain development is a fragile process that can be easily disrupted by both understimulation and overstimulation. We've now seen research showing that hyperstimulating screen imagery can sear into kids' conscience, haunt their thoughts and dreams. Now we're seeing it's actually disrupting their brain development, yet the march towards more and more screens in the hands of the younger and younger children continues. One younger mother says she walks into her seven-year-old's bedroom in the middle of the night to check on him and was horrified when she found he had been playing Minecraft. And by the way, if you think that's an innocent little education game, wrong again. One of the most addicting games out there. Been playing Minecraft and had gone into a trance. He was sitting up in his bed staring wide-eyed his bloodshot eyes looking into the distance as his glowing iPad lay next to him. Beside herself with panic, she shook him repeatedly and snapped him out of it. And the military used video games in place of morphine to treat the pain of war victims. And the video games decreased the pain by far greater and larger level than the morphine, thus gaining the name, the digital drug and the thing about this digital drug is it offers instant gratification, which is the total opposite of self-denial. So let me now, and, and, and I can only give you a taste. You're going to have to, these are varied sources. A lot of it is in the book, which I have not read more than halfway. Okay? It's sobering, folks. Sobering. There are studies I wish, I, but it's not my job. My job is now to go where I'm going, and that's, to deal with an increasing spiritual condition. So let's go to our text. Because it describes what social media and digital devices are doing to many of God's people. Verse 15, Jesus said, The heart of this people has grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Now while this scripture is nothing to do with the digital age, it is certainly describing something we're running into more and more in the church in the digital age that we live in. And what is being described is a spiritual condition, spiritual hearing that is impaired, spiritual perception and reality that is impaired. The things of God become approached on a carnal level and many attend to preaching in the things of God with such a short Attention span and such dull hearts. Getting through a service for some and actually paying attention all the way is a major task. Because it's been bred by the digital age that we live in. Which explains how we can preach so much 
and sometimes see so little in return when it comes to people changing. Now, I personally have a great concern for the children and the teenagers of the church. Because they've been raised from day one in this digital age. They know nothing else. We all have our struggles here, and every one of us can have these addictions, but for those of us that came from a time where we didn't have it, we have reference points that can sober us and slap us out of it, I hope. They have none. They do, but it's not real to them. They've been raised from day one in the digital age knowing nothing else. And parents have foolishly provided them devices and are causing many spiritual problems. Now, one of my personal frustrations that came out of conducting the youth ministry of four years was how much that my wife and I deposited and how very little was retained from week to week. It was very frustrating. You thought you had the mind of God and you had a Holy Ghost time and that something was going to begin to churn and there you were back to the same zombies again. Didn't care to bring their Bibles. Weren't hungry for the Word of God. If you dished it well enough, they ate it. And I'm not talking about all of them. Didn't know how to worship to save their life. And I'm not saying that put them down. I invest and I still do in those kids. Have a heart for them, but listen to me. I began to realize it's because of this digital age. They may have been retaining in their heads, but not translating into their relationship with God, into their prayer lives, desire to worship and evangelize and serve. And the first year I came to realize something as, as I was trying to get a grip on that ministry. That devices were the problem. So I made a stand and I said, there will be no more devices. From the minute you walk in the door, your devices are put away. You can get them out when it's time to call your parents because I realized this is what's killing us. What I really wanted was parents to take them away, but I couldn't convince them. And something I have to say right here that might ruffle some feathers, but what's a good sermon if you don't ruffle some feathers? You want the church youth leaders to be producing revival in your kids, but you don't want to take away the devices from them and give us their undivided hearts. Somehow we're going to get them once a week in that zombie state, uh, device-driven, videoed out, uh, social media out, uh, their little texting circles, uh, and then we're going to do something. And then, and then we're, we're all, we, we just can't produce. Well, take away the phones and all the privileges and give them to us for a year. Let's see what happens. Because we're fighting something that no other generations had to fight. And while I'm ruffling feathers, let me say this too. I remember the first time my mother heard me preach. It was the last time. <laughs> All she said was, you sure were certain about what you were saying, but you know, you know, it was too forceful for her. I'm sorry. Anyway. But let me say this. You cannot... Have a steady diet of digital media, devices, video games, and flourish in God. And gain an appetite for His will, word, and evangelism. Can not. You may be able to stay in church and be involved in some things, but you will not flourish if you have a steady appetite of that in your life. 
Because the two can't live in the same container. Now let's explore some of the spiritual problems that digital addiction is producing. And let's go back to our text. Verses 11 through 14. Because it has been given to you the know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Whoever has, to him more will be given and will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So what we're dealing with here, and Jesus is dealing with, is truth and revelation. He says it's not, not everybody's going to get it. It's hidden from those that, whose hearts don't seek after it and, and don't desire it. So this is bad news for the digitally addicted. Very bad news. Because this means you're going to be denied God's truth and revelation because you can't hunger for both. And so Jesus says that this has to be sought for and desired and it begins with the condition of our heart and he's telling them that there's a people that are here, they're listening, but they're not really hearing. Their hearts are dull, they're not perceiving, they're hearing everything, but they're just not stimulated by it. There's a barrier there from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit getting through. Well, I'll tell you what the barrier is today. It's called digital addiction. And as long as God has to compete with digital devices and internet distractions and compulsive behavior that is linked to these, he's going to lose out. And guess what? You lose out too because you won't have this truth and revelation deposited in you. This is the fear I have for this generation because this is what I'm seeing break down. And unfortunately, many unwise parents have hired the digital babysitter. And while it may relieve you and give you some time without a badgering child, it is killing his or her appetite early on for deep spiritual things and is causing damage that will be seen down the road. Now, like I said, everything I'm saying here is 100% substantiated. I just can't give it all to you tonight. But promise you, I have substantiated these things. They're not just me harping. What is happening, and I'm seeing on a discipleship level, is a generation of leaders that are not deep thinkers. It's as one man said, technology encourages and rewards shallow thinking. Because all you have to do is, you don't even have to read a whole book anymore to study for an exam. You just go up and get the little tidbits, sound bites, YouTube videos, whatever they are. And on the one hand, it does make sermonizing a whole lot easier. Because I remember the days of books piled all around my desk and a yellow scratch pad and hours going through. And, and cut and paste was cut, glue stick, paste. But aside from the convenience, it's causing some very shallow thinkers in our young generation. I remember, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was about four or five years ago, and and, uh, I'm working with uh, some of the young people in the church. uh, And and I, I asked two of them as we sat in the back, I said, tell me, what's truth? Didn't have any, they sat in church all their lives, didn't have any way of telling me what they thought truth was. Had no ability to think that through in the moment. 
Because as long as you're going to maintain your addictive, compulsive behavior on your devices, and in the form of video games, then shallow is the best we'll get out of you. Because excessive screen time dulls you, steals creative thinking and revelation. I've come to the conclusion that video games are the devil's inspiration. I stick by it. You won't convince me otherwise. And pathetic is the aspiring disciple, young adult, or full-grown man that still plays video games. There, I said it. And it's on video. You can go back and get mad about it all over again. I came to a realization a few years ago while we're here on staff. And I noticed that we didn't have any up-and-coming musicians. And I hadn't seen some in quite some time. As I began to look back and look, I said, wait a second, where, where are the up-and-coming musicians in the church? We're, we're milking the current ones, thank God for them, but where are they at? And the problem I came to realize was the younger generation was sold out to video games. So you can't play video games and learn an instrument. You can't do that. You just won't. And thank God I was able to get relationship and a link with two young men in the church, Raymond Hernandez and Alex Hernandez, uh, who at the time, to be quite honest with you, and whether your parents agree or disagree, they were video addicts. They were. They'll agree today. They wouldn't agree back then because they were just trying to protect themselves. They said, we want to learn guitar. I said, you do, do you? We want you to teach us. You do, do you? Okay, don't waste my time. Do you play video games? Yes. I want you to bring every video game you have. We're selling them on Craigslist, uh, and we're taking the money. I'll put in what you don't get, and we'll buy you a guitar. They brought all those video games. We sold them on Craigslist, bought them guitar, and they were the beginning of the fresh, current thing that God began to draw young people back into our music scene. Another thing I realized recently, our young men, our young disciples are not readers. They're collecting more apps than books. And I'm proud of my book collection. Because as young disciples, that's what we strove for. We wanted books. Ask me if I've read them all. I haven't read every one of them, I think. Okay? It's like guitars. I have a lot of them. I don't play them all, but they're there. But I aspire to read them all. But I've read most. But listen to me. They have more apps than books. And it's all linked to a spiritual problem. It's an appetite problem. So I've recently begun to challenge three in particular, but more of you are on the radar about reading. And I begin to ask them and I send out a mass text and I say, what book are you currently reading? I'm not going to embarrass them by saying what they said. But let's just say that I went out and bought each of them three books for Christmas and wrapped them up and gave them to them. Challenged them that you're going to begin to read one book complete every two weeks and then we're going to talk about it. Because you're not reading. Because we're so full of the digital, it dulls us, steals away. Another thing I realized as well is marriages are struggling. Either because both parties or either or 
are so involved in phone addiction and online addiction, it's affecting their affection for one another. They're neglecting their kids from any quality time spent as a family. And it's affecting the marriage bed because you're spending all your dopamine on devices. You don't have any left when it's time. It's true. You think that quality time is everyone sitting around in the living room with their devices. <laughs> How about throwing those devices in the garbage and getting out a board game or having some Bible time or going to the park or doing something? Let's talk about prayer for a minute. Because I watch. I'm observant. I'm always watching. And I watch you young people. You have a hard time. If I catch you 15 minutes in prayer, you've done well that day. Can't focus, man. Can't just sit there with your face to a wall and lay hold of God and get passionate about it because there's a missing level of contention. And it's all linked. And if you don't make the link tonight, you're going to rob yourself of an opportunity to turn a corner. It is spiritual attention deficit disorder. And your prayer life tells on you. Jesus said their hearts have grown dull. That's what's happening. You may love the church. You love being here. I'm not saying you're going to hell. I don't know where you're. But I tell you there's something amiss. There's something not right. Young disciples today that have lost the ability to read entire books and actually dig deep in the Word of God. You know what I listen for and I don't hear a lot? And I, this isn't a, a rant session, by the way. I, I hope I have enough relationship with you young people to say these things and you receive them. But listen, you know what I, I don't hear and I, I listen for? I listen for you guys sitting in a group and around and just talking about the will of God, talking about the latest thing you read in the Bible. And you may do it, other, but I don't... I do listen for it. But I see you the minute you get a chance, latest video, you're there, and everybody's... It's a result of a generation raised on devices and social media. You know what? The reality of superficial relationships that result from social media is also resulting in people's superficial, shallow relationship with Christ. And the attention abilities of young people is, for that matter, older people as well, are being addicted to devices. And it results in you wandering off during preaching or Bible reading. Attention abilities are atrophying. Because hearts have grown dull, eyes have closed. It's the fruit of what I'm talking about. And I'm not suggesting it tonight. I am declaring it. So let me then close with living for God in a technological age. Because this is the challenge. Verse 16 of our text. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that long for God and His Word. This is where the battle is raging. 
First Corinthians eleven thirty one says, For if you would judge yourself, you would not be judged. And so we're going to have to take charge of our lives, our hearts and our habits, our addictions, judge them appropriately tonight. And begin to set parameters about your life, because that's what I'm going to do. I got very convicted about this sermon. It's difficult to hear that something we love can somehow be bad for us or even worse for our kids. One addiction therapist said, if I'm having such a hard time managing my tech usage with my fully developed brain, with all of my training and addiction recovery work, what chance does an impulsive eight-year-old have? <laughs> Yet we give them the device. Give them the, what they're saying, folks, okay, you need straight talk. What they're saying, don't give the kids devices, period. Not even as learning devices. It's killing them. Listen, our school systems in America that are bringing in computers and iPad time, it's killing your children. It's substantiated. I'm not just saying it. It's fact. You do your own research. Don't give them the devices, period. End of story. Done. You have to be honest with yourself tonight. Far too much time spent on devices and internet. You can ignore the problem if you want. Convince yourself it doesn't apply to you or your kids. But listen, you will not be blameless. Let me give you a really quick addiction test. You just do it in your head. I'm still on the clock, folks. Okay. So here, be honest. Don't rob yourself. Addiction test. Do you often absentmindedly pass the time by using your phone even when there are better things to do? Yes or no? Do you lose track of time when you're on your phone? Number three, do you spend more time on... Keep track of how many, okay? Uh, Do you spend more time on your phone than talking to real people face-to-face? Do you wish you could be less connected to your phone? Number five, do you regularly sleep with your smartphone on next to your bed? Number six, do you use your phone at all hours of the day and night, even when it means interrupting other things? Number seven... Do you use your phone while driving or doing other activities that require your focused attention? Just everyone put yes on that one. And then number eight, are you reluctant to be without your smartphone even for a short time? Number nine, when you leave the house, do you always have your smartphone with you and feel ill at ease when you accidentally live it at home? Anxious. Number 10, when you eat meals, is your smartphone always part of the table place setting? Used to be the fork, the spoon, no, it's the iPhone. Number 11, when your phone buzzes, do you feel an intense urge to check for text, tweets, emails, updates, etc.? And number 12, do you find yourself mindlessly, this is important, mindlessly checking your phone many times a day, even when you know there's likely nothing new or important to see? If you said yes to four or more, you need to seriously check your time on your phone. Four quick ways, and we close. Four quick ways we must respond in light of the digital world. The first is to parents. Parents must make a fresh dedication of your children. 
That's what this altar call is going to be about tonight. Hannah dedicated her child early on. She dedicated him to a life of serving God undistracted, raised by the priesthood. This is our responsibility to guard and cover our kids, not to make them more accessible to what we don't want them to. It's our responsibility to raise our kids in the most undistracted environment as possible to impart to them the things that are important. It is our responsibility to govern this in our children as long as they're underage. Technology fasting camps are popping up all over Asia. And parents are bringing their children hundreds of miles to spend as long as necessary in the camps as a last-ditch effort to rescue them from self-destruction. They're desperate. Because they just saw an article of a girl that disappeared at 15 years old. Ten years disappeared. They just found her at 25 years old. She's been living in an internet cafe for ten years. Addicted. The same chemical dopamine that contributes to gambling addiction, alcohol addiction, cigarette addiction, all which by the way, are governed and age-restricted, is the same thing that is creating digital addiction, which is unlimited and accessible to all. And therefore, this is a parent's responsibility to bring the restriction. You will be highly foolish if you keep giving them those devices after tonight. Your choice. Let me read you a letter from a parent in our church. And thank you for letting me use this. She came, and this really was the icing on the cake. So Sunday, this was last Sunday, I was excited to hear the title to your sermon, which is tonight. Reason being is that last Christmas, my in-laws decided to gift my deprived children with a DS each, a gaming device. Just to give you some... By the way, uh, I'm not going to... Anyway, within... He said, just to give you some background, all my kids read and love to play with Legos. Within this past year, I hadn't realized they had completely stopped playing Legos and would read only occasionally. I also started realizing how many fights were going on between the kids and I and how angry I started getting over the dumb devices because they were constantly asking for playing time. After that, I also noticed that as a human working mother of four, I wanted them to play and get out of my hair. As if all of that wasn't enough, I got upset with my husband Because he wouldn't let the kids take the devices on a road trip. My thoughts were, the kids behave. They're straight-A students. He should just cut them a break for once. However, the truth was, I was tired of listening to them nag and complain and wanted to give a break to myself. So the weekend before Christmas Day, I'm thinking that's this Christmas, I decided to throw the devices in the trash. (gasps) Which trash can were they? Wow. The change was instant. My son picked up his old book and reads every day. They built three different large Lego sets. My daughter built a 1,000-piece Lego set. Took her two days. She's so proud of it, plays with it every day. The reason I threw them away instead of just keeping them at home is because I know that one day I would give in and give them the devices to play. I have to mention those devices were not in their possession We had them in our room like any other good parent. 
would say, the truth is, they're good for nothing other than pleasing your nagging kids. Even though parents will say that the playing time is monitored, I believe one hour then turns into three hours and so on. The fights at my home have stopped altogether. I thought it was going to be harder than it was. You know what else I'm going to add in there just for giggles, for me to giggle at you. Under 18 should not have a smartphone. Why do they need a smartphone? Why a smartphone? Why all this access? Why the apps? Why? Why? Because you don't want to be the uncool parent. You don't want to be the one that they're going to fight with. And I always challenge every parent, and I challenge you right now. Oh, my kids is okay. Go home, take that phone away, and you see the fight you're going to have on your hands, and that will prove my point. Dare you? I double dare you. All the kids, no, 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 please, mom, don't listen. I say mom because moms are the ones they work on. Take the smartphones away because they're making them dumb. Second thing that we're going to have to do, parents are going to have to rededicate your children. Second thing is a media fast. You have to get your priorities back in order. This is no easy thing. Because I've tested myself in the week and a half I've been studying for this. Oh, I've tested myself. And I'm not a big tech geek. Daily focused. This is what we're looking for. Daily focused. Contending prayer. Daily Bible reading and meditation. Evangelism. Reading an entire book and then reading another one and then reading another one. Focusing undistracted during a church service. This will require for many to go on a media fast. It'll be harder than a food fast. Cut out everything that is not necessity concerning your device and internet use, and there is a lot. Maybe even a group fast to hold each other accountable. And get your device-driven appetites under control so they're not dulling your hunger to be in God's presence. Seek Him powerfully in prayer and search His word Your life does not revolve around your devices, apps, and social sites. Or at least it shouldn't. You're going to have to go on a media fast. Be the most important fast you ever called in your life. Once you get it under control, you're going to have to keep it under control. The only way you do that is consecration to things of God. Thirdly, govern and judge compulsive behavior. All absent-minded use of your device and time-wasting use of your device, you're going to have to govern it and cut it out. You're going to be surprised. I was dumbfounded in my little week and a half here. How much mindless time. (laughs) Oh, gosh, it's convicting. Checking your phone so many times in a day just out of compulsion. I would even say set your times for the useful things like checking the news and emails because that can become just as compulsive. And you'll be surprised how much time you have to do other things, productive things. You will also at first wonder what to do with yourself because you're so used to just filling your time with mindless, useless, compulsive playing, searching on your phone and device. 
And here we're going to say one more for giggles. Get rid of the video games. Finish them off. Find a burn barrel. Don't give them to your best friend or buddy. Find a burn barrel. Burn your video games. They're useless and highly addictive and is on purpose. And if you keep giving your kids over to video games, you will not be blameless. And the fourth thing, you're going to have to make some healthy connections with your life and time. In addiction treatment, a person with healthy human connections and healthy hobbies and outlets is less likely to fall into the matrix or the empty, unproductive space in your life. You're going to have to set your mind to be highly productive with your time, your relationships, your ministry, your mind. Start developing your mind, young people. Develop it with intelligent conversation. Develop first by Bible reading, second by Bible study, third by reading books. I'm sorry, your educational systems is not enough. You're going to have to do something that's going to enlarge you. Develop your mind. Develop the habit of reading and thinking and challenging yourself. Start working with people. Start filling your time with productive things. Young people, call some outreaches. Good idea? Always doing this and that. Call some outreaches. Use all that youth you got and go tear it up for Christ and get some new young people in church. Learn an instrument. Get into ministry. But you're going to have to make some healthy connections with your life and with your time because your passion is going to be spent somewhere. We were created to long for God. Have a passion for souls. To desire His Word. But all of this is in jeopardy due to digital addictions. And I'm trusting by the Holy Spirit of God tonight that He's making this real to you. Because if you walk away from this altar tonight and not change, there's something seriously, deeply defective in your life. So I want to ask you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. We need God to help us. We need God to meet with us. We need things to be broken in our lives, shifted. I'm telling you, this is serious what I'm talking about. Even a week and a half ago, as much of a conviction as I had, I didn't know how serious it was. I did not know how serious it was. I am afraid for our generation. I really am. The young generation today. Let me, before I go any further, make an appeal to those that are here and you're not right with God. You know, we're going to fill our lives with something. And you know what they're finding is Those that are the most prone to these addictions are those that come from broken homes, hopelessness, just, you know, maybe were, um, you know, rejected, uh, bullied, because they find all this worth, especially in the 3D online games that kids play today. It is so out of control, out of control. When they get sucked into these game rooms online, uh, they will result to barbarity. Barbarian type living where they will 
urinate in a bottle next to them so they don't have to get up and leave their game. They'll go days without eating or if they have a a mother that doesn't have any real understanding, she'll shovel his food under the door for him. it's, It's horrible. Horrible. But can I tell you there's something better tonight to fill your life with is Jesus Christ. He'll break the curses of rejection. He'll set you free from other addictions, including this one. One kid wanted so badly, he was in a zombie state. He'd played 12 hours a day. Uh, He was in his room, but his mother, although slightly bothered because he wouldn't wash and bathe, and and he was kind of barbaric, but she said, at least he's home uh, and he's not in the street. I know he's safe. Uh, He goes to the addiction therapist. Uh, The addiction therapist challenges him, go home, get rid of all those games and start getting out. His mother calls. She's angry. Do you know how much those games cost? Ma'am, your son is addicted. Now he wants to go to the park. He's not going to be safe. Are you serious? Are you serious? But that's what it's become. That's where we're at. You need Jesus Christ tonight. Because you're going to follow something. And most of what we follow in life is taking our lives down the tube bound, you're angry, you're bitter, you're hurt. You need Jesus tonight. Would you come to Christ? Would you let Christ change your life tonight? He's so good at it. You'd say, you know what, Pastor Puglisi, I'm not right with God. I hear you. I feel you. I want God tonight. I want Jesus. I want change. I want to break through. I need something different in my life. Then the same old existence, I'm ready for forgiveness. And if that's you, I want to ask you to do something. I want you just to put your hand up so I can see it. That's me. I'm not right, but I want to get right tonight. I'm so ready. Will you pray with me? Will you bring me to Christ? Will you lead me to this place in my life where I can be free? And that's you. Jesus Christ will become so real right here tonight in your life. If you will simply be honest and say, you know what, that's me. I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with me? I want to ask you to do something for me. Simply lift your hand so I can see it so that we can help you and pray with you tonight. Who would that be? God's dealing with you all across this assembly. You're not right with God. You know you're not right. But it comes to a time you have to make a decision. This is the decision tonight. This is the choice. You're going to choose for Jesus and say no more to your old life. And the miracle of God is going to take place. But you have to come honest before God. You say, that's me. Would you pray with me? I'm ready to come to Christ. Would you lift your hand up all across this place very quickly before we change the order of this service? This is important for your soul tonight. God is drawing upon you. This is your moment, your hour. God has drawn you for this time. Come to Christ. That's me. Pray with me. Lift your hand so I can see it. Who would that be? God's dealing with you right now. Just lift it up. Once I see it, you can put it right back down. Put it up high so I can see it. Who would that be? You're backslidden tonight. No worse place to be than be backslidden in your life. Knowing the truth and not living it. That's a torment. But God will accept you once again, just as you are. Come to Christ. Uh, You'd say, that's me. Pray with me. Lift your hand up. God's dealing with you all across this place. Put it up high so I can see it. God is dealing with you. You know what? Would you pray with me tonight? I'm ready to get my life right with God. I'm ready to break the addictions. I'm ready to let Jesus come inside of my life. All across this place, a simple prayer. God is dealing with you. 
You're ready to come to Christ tonight. You'd lift your hand up. Who would that be? Anybody here? God's dealing with you right now. You feel like you may be the only one in this place. I've been there. I know what you feel like. But that's God singling you out, saying, you know what? I'm ready. Are you ready? God's so ready to meet you tonight. Are you ready? That's you. Lift your hand up. Who would that be? God's dealing with you. God's dealing with you. You're not right. Young church kid, you're here, but you're not here. You're here, but you're not here. Your heart's dull. It's uninspired. It's disconnected. But God is able by some miracle to convict you right now. The fear of God would come upon you right now. Today, in this moment, God can do a miracle. Would you let him? You say, that's me. Lift your hand. God's dealing with you right now. Who would that be? All across this place. All across this place. Very quickly. Okay, listen. In a moment, we're going to open the altars. There are a couple of specific appeals. First, I hope you've been honest tonight. I hope you've been open. Because we're dealing with something very serious that we all have to deal with. Spiritual dullness is something that we all have to fight back every single day. And just in and of itself, just being carnal, fleshly people, it's hard enough. But you start throwing in there all the distractions of internet and social media and devices and apps and and access. And pretty soon you're mindlessly, compulsively leading your life. And you find yourself just slowly drifting from any real hunger and desire for God. The fire of the Holy Ghost dimmed down. Evangelism isn't even appealing to you. You're just kind of there. You're looking for more leisure, just a little more time to yourself. And it's just... A slow process of, of eyes closing and ears closing and hearts closing off uh, and less and less responsive. And God's dealing with you tonight. And you'd be honest to say, you know what? I know it's because of what you're talking about tonight. And I'm going to ask you to respond. Listen to me. Honest hearts. You'd respond by saying, yeah, you're right. I'm not saying you're backslidden. Something's certainly been deteriorating because of what I'm talking about. Say, yep, and I'm, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to lift my hand. That's me. Who would that be? Lift your hand. Our hands are going up. Other hands. You're being honest tonight. You're being honest tonight. Other hands. Other hands. That's me. That's where I am. Young people, where are you at? Where are your hands, young people? The ones that I see all the time on your devices, all the time, putting around and goofing off. Dole as the day is long. I'm going to ask one more time for a response all across the assembly tonight. That I know there's a lot of wasted time. I know that there's dullness in some areas of my life. And, and I know there may be other reasons, but I'm specifically going for this reason tonight. It's because of mindless, useless, compulsive behavior, what we would call addictive behavior. We have no real control over our use of our technology, where we interact, how we interact, just the trivial, useless, and content's not the issue tonight. You'd say, yeah, it's affected me to a degree. I see it. I want you to lift your hand and keep it up. Keep it up. Lifting your hand tonight. Keep it up. Parents, you realize, wow, I've made a mistake. And this isn't to throw this heap of condemnation and go home all just upset and crazy. No, no, no. You're just going to make a decision tonight. And God will deliver your home and deliver your children. But you're going to make a decision tonight. 
about devices in your children. And you're ready to do that. I want you to lift your hand. If you're a parent and you're ready to make some decisions about your kids' devices. Okay. Every hand can go down. We're going to open the altars. And I want you to respond wholeheartedly. We're not quite done yet tonight. I want you to stand. I'm inviting every single person to come to this altar tonight. And we're going to draw a line. And we're going to realize, even if maybe this you've got total control, you know, you're just, you got it under control, no problems here. Well, you know what? We still have a problem on our hands that we need everybody on board fighting against. Everybody on board being an example about and encouraging one another and, and co-laboring in this work of breaking free in this digital age. I realize our phones aren't going anywhere. I realize the internet, and these are good tools if they are tools, but the problem is the devil has hijacked them through our human nature. And for many, they're not tools anymore. Oh, God, help us tonight. Lord, have access to our hearts, Lord. Oh, God, touch us tonight by your Holy Spirit. God, root out things that have taken hold within us, Lord. God, root out those things that have hijacked our affections, that have dulled our senses, Lord. Place within us a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit that would burn up all the idle things within us, God. Lord, help us to judge ourselves lest we be judged. Help us to be wise hearers tonight, O God, that we would not dispel this as just a trivial matter. To see the writing on the wall in a generation that we are a part of. Oh, God, by your spirit tonight, God, root out from within us those things, Lord. Give us a fresh hunger, God, a fresh longing for your presence, Lord. Heal our youth, O oh God. Heal them tonight by your Spirit. Bring deliverance in the name of Jesus, O oh God, a conviction. God, an ear to hear right now. God, an anointing that would break through the dullness right now in Jesus' name. Oh, you need to touch heaven tonight. I'll tell you, there's a, a sovereign grace of God in this altar. You need to touch heaven tonight. Uh, no matter where you stand in this issue, we're all in it together. Oh, God in heaven, have right of way. Oh, 
Thank you, Lord. Worthy, O God, worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, I want you to stand with heads bowed right in your place, right in your place. I have such a burden in my heart tonight for our young people. And I realize there are many in different places in your life. And I I have to spell out the worst case scenario to cover all the grounds. But I know that none of us have been untouched by this. Every head is bowed. None of us have been untouched by this. It's impossible. It's impossible. I remember when we did the video series Captivated. And the media fast we went on. I remember young people coming up to me. You're here tonight. And you said, my gosh, I didn't realize how much uh, I used my phone for trivial dumb stuff until I went on a fast. I didn't know what to do with myself. I remember those conversations. But how easy it is to slip back down that digital rabbit hole, as they would say. And I want to make a challenge. Some of you kids, you're well old enough, and, and I'm still challenging parents. If they're under 18, you better get a grip on this. But listen, you're old enough to make some decisions about your own device driven nature about what's good and not oh i've got it no big no it is a big deal because every time we turn around we're seeing people in the office kids in the office they're in trouble because of their phones but the bigger issue is this addictive issue that is what we are feeling the wall we're hitting in our youth culture in the church is right here it has to break It has to give, and we need your parents to help us. We need your help. I'm not saying it's the immediate magic wand formula, but I'm telling you, give it time, and God will begin to fill that gap again. You begin to cleanse your home of all that stuff and begin to put productivity back into your life and challenge your kids and be like this mom that wrote the letter and said, Enough! Enough. Got our kids out of it. We're going to pray right now. Prayer dedication. You need to rededicate your children to this altar. That means you, the parent, dedicating yourself. God is going to help us tonight. If we can turn this corner, listen, this is until Jesus comes back. It's not going to go away. It's not going away. You have to remind yourself, push back again and again when it infringes on you. I want you to lift your hands. Pray with me, O God in heaven, by the blood of Jesus, God, I'm seeking deliverance, deliverance from the digital bondage, the digital addiction, the digital morphine that has afflicted my soul. I come to you tonight, God, I confess my addiction, I confess my mindless, trivial, useless pursuit And by the name of Jesus Christ, uh, I'm asking you, God, inhabit me afresh. I'm praying for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, fill me again and let that fire dwell within me and burn up the idols of my heart, the idol areas of my life. I take dominion over my mind and I'm making a declaration tonight uh, that I'm going to go on record uh, 
that I'm going to do what the Spirit of God is telling me to do in light of this digital problem that is in my life, in my home, and in this generation. I will do what is right. I commit this to you in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to worship. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed. Thank you, oh God, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Lord and Savior, righteous King, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you in your holiness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. We need a fresh... Visitation. And you're going to see. You'll really make a commitment. You're going to see some deliverance. You're going to feel so good. You don't even realize how oppressive this becomes in your life. Now you, just, you really are as a zombie nature to it. It's a freaky thing, man, when you realize it. And the productivity that's going to come. And the fresh creativity and the inspiration. The way it's going to bear forth in ministry and souls saved. You know, how we going to get a generation of young people in here if we're not delivered ourselves honestly god will help us and so i want to really encourage you there are 20 copies only in the book room and then after that you got to go to amazon you can get this on your devices should i say to read them <laughs> amen uh ten dollars tonight though that's a steal usually eighteen dollars uh you need it. This this will finish everything. And there's probably other references to other books. That's how I get a lot of my reading material. I'm reading one book. They reference another. I get it. And off we go. And I want to really encourage you. This is, this is to me, mandatory reading for every Christian, especially parents. I've already been referring it to pastor friends. Said this is mandatory reading. We need this in us. We need this in our spirit and in our conversion. Amen. So we're going to bow our heads. I took... Quite a bit longer than normal, but there's no other way to do it. And so let's go.